everyone, and welcome to the B2B Marketing Podcast. My name is David Rowlands. I'm the Head of Content at B2B Marketing, and I'm joined today by Rana Siddharmed, who is the Vice President Marketing at Avery Denison Apparel Solutions. So, Rana, thank you very much for joining me today. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. It's a beautiful sunny day in New York City, so I'm excited to talk to you today. Fantastic. I wish I could say the same about London, but it's sadly overcast. Um, But I should be used to that, really. Um, I mean, look, we're here today really to talk about storytelling. Um, But before we do get into that, I just want to understand a little bit about your your journey in B2B marketing to date and how you actually got to where you are today. Yeah, so I think um, it's important for me just to say up front that I'm not a marketer by education. And I stumbled upon where I am today. So I, I, um, I grew up in, uh, in Alexandria, Egypt. I moved to the United States in, um, right before high school, studied design. So you know that was kind of my career into the apparel industry was through design. I actually started my career at, um, in real life print magazine design. My first gig was at Wired Magazine. And I, I really thought that I wanted to, I loved reading and I thought I'd love the idea of designing what I'm reading and designing what other people are reading. However, I quickly realized that in the, the print world, especially the magazine world, there's guidelines and templates and, and it wasn't, you know, then I realized that's not for me. I don't like rules. I don't like guides. I don't like doing the same thing um, the same twice. I mean, I, I just think about when I'm cooking, for example, you know, I, I never use a recipe or if I do, I have to go off script a little bit. So this is when I realized that maybe magazine design wasn't for me. And I started um, exploring the apparel and fashion industry. So I worked at Levi's in San Francisco. Um, and then from there, I actually uh, lived in Italy for a while, worked for this brand called Diesel. And actually at Diesel is when I started to learn the, the power of storytelling. Uh, we, as a, as a design team at, at Diesel, we, we didn't really do a lot of like market shopping where we're going out there to the mall or the shops to see what's happening. It was very much, you know, it was very much we kind of made it up and we would just do the inspiration shopping and go to the vintage bookstore and you find this like beautiful piece of graphic. And then you start telling these gorgeous stories, um, you know, that would set the tone for uh, the season, for example, right? So storytelling started coming into you know in, in kind of in my focus when i started working at, at diesel and um from there I, I came back to the united states i worked for another brand called wool it was part of abercrombie and fitch and that was also a really interesting opportunity to learn about storytelling because it, it was kind of a made-up brand and it was about supposed to be about this family that loved art and travel and so i was one of the founding designers there telling that story again Um, But then since it was Rule and Abercrombie, we had to really understand our audience. And that's when I started to understand the the importance of being kind of customer centric and really understanding how to tailor the message to the audience. So I'm trying to kind of weave in how I learned marketing through design. Right. So and then, um, yeah, from um, right before actually where I am today at at Avery, I was at Nike, so I was in the performance industry for a little while. And at Nike, um, I learned obviously the power of storytelling for sure, but also kind of keeping this end in mind and sustainability. I became a student of sustainability uh, while uh, working at at Nike. And actually, I just um, 
last December, I just finished my master's degree in sustainability and business impact. So I'm still a student of sustainability to this day. And then that's when I came to Avery Dennison. I started off in creative as creative director, and I started expanding in my role. And part of that expansion was marketing, stumbled upon marketing and, and really loved it. I mean, I was a creative and didn't really maybe understand that what I was doing was also marketing from a storytelling perspective. But right now uh, at Avery as the VP of marketing and creative, um, that's how I now, now I found myself at, in Avery Dennison in the B2B marketing world. Fantastic. Yeah. So, I mean, you might not have started in marketing, but you've obviously risen very well up the ranks to your current role. Um, you know, perhaps you can tell us a bit about that role. For instance, what is your what is your biggest challenge this year? Well, I think it probably the, the biggest challenge probably started uh, when COVID started. Right. And mm. it was a, this idea of um, how to be really understanding our customers and, and what they were struggling with. And this idea of we all had to quickly figure out how do we connect digitally, right? How do we do everything digitally? So this, this digitalization. And for us, it, it meant understanding that CX and that customer experience. And um, where before we really focused more on brand and brand marketing, it was really important for us to now quickly understand digital marketing and what does that mean? And, and, and also the connection between kind of commercial activity and marketing activity and finance. And so to me, our biggest challenge was how do we do this digitally when we were used to more of this relationship building type stuff or brand building? And then also this collaboration and intersection between, you know, I always say that I, we try to blur the lines between where marketing ends and where kind of commercial activity begins. Mm. So, so that's kind of the, the challenge. And how do you do it in a way that's not markety or salesy <laughs> too? Yeah, right? yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a real challenge. I mean, when you talk about digitalization during COVID, Obviously, everyone had to do the same thing, including B2C companies. So did you find yourself, although going fully digital was the only solution because it's all you could do, at the same time, you're suddenly competing against tens of thousands more people. Was, was that a challenge as well? Well, I think the challenge was, I mean, in B2B, right, it's always like, I think everybody knows that B2B tends to be a little bit more challenging than B2C marketing. However, when we were all in the same boat, I think I think that kind of humanized all our experience, even though we were trying to be digital. And I think it caused all of us to look at what everybody else is doing, right? And and kind of build off of each other. Oh, this is working well. Maybe it's this whole idea of, for example, buy online, pick up in store. This is something that we, um, working with some of these retailers, had to help them figure that out, right? And, and then also really thinking about the customer. How do we simplify it for the customer, right? They're not going into that retail space anymore to do touch and feel so how do you bring that to life so for example one of the projects i was involved in was doing like this digital product creation so as designers we're so used to touching and feeling everything so how do you create that experience digitally with tools that that you know have that 3d element but then you get that you can have the detail of like what does the fabric look like how does it drape and shine so I think you know the short answer is that we 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 all were learning from each other. It caused us to just build off of what everybody else is doing. 
Yeah. And I think one of the things I've noticed as well is that the marketing in B2B in particular has become much more human. Um, it's less about speeds and feeds. So, you know, data specifications around things. And it's more around connecting with the buyer or group of buyers as it often is in B2B. Do you find that that's where storytelling really comes into its own because it can really connect a brand with the individual as opposed to just talking to that logical part of their brain? Yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, I'm always uh, kind of enamored and amazed when I see, you know, marketers speak about marketing, right? And and to me, maybe because I didn't grow up in it, I'm still talking like hope, like myself, right? And I mm-hmm. think it's really important to bring, to bring that in everything that 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 you do as a marketer. So digging deep into there's something we've been playing around with this philosophy of ikigai which is this uh, japanese philosophy around like understanding what you love what the world needs right what you're good at and then telling that story and so as as a as a team we we try to start there right understanding okay what what does the customer do and so i'll give you a a great example since we're talking about storytelling Mm. here right um we we work with the English Premier League. Hopefully, something uh, close to your heart. <laughs> and, very much so. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we 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 support them with basically names and numbers on 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 the the jerseys and the kits. And recently, we actually were my, the our design team actually designed the new font for the English Premier League. And we wanted to tell that story. And so we started with you know going to the designer. And he happened to talk about what, you know, what what inspired him. And, and it went back to the the players that he grew up with and the numbers, right? And who that person was. And and then, you know, from there, you know, he dug into the archives and then created this beautiful new typeface for the Premier League. And then we, we actually, with the partnership with the Premier League, we created a documentary about this, where the Premier League is talking about who they're, you know, who they grow up watching. And we're talking about how we, we dug into the history. And that story just was so easy to tell, right? We weren't talking about products and heat transfers, right? It was just more about the, the maybe the journey, the process, the history, and how we found ourselves there. So I think really that's, you know, it really tapping into those stories makes a powerful campaign, right? Without trying too hard. I think that's a really good point, that trying too hard part, because I often find in B2B that when people talk about their story, there's a bit of a stretch going on and they start to try and align their company with somehow sort of saving the world, um, whether that's from like an economic point of view or a sociological point of view or a political point of view. Often the story of a business doesn't need to be that sort of grandiose. Do you think that's a problem you also see in B2B in particular? Well, I mean, I think something we always try to remind ourselves with is that it's not about us, Mm. right? And you know, it's we're, we're we're here to support others. So yes, in those, you know, if if you are a B two B marker and you're trying to uncover what those stories are, it's are those are the case studies of the and testimonials from the people that you work with, right? The humans that you work with, the companies, the organizations, and highlighting those stories in in the best way possible. I think will show that you are a true partner. You're really 
you know, that you show how you're strategic, right? The medium is message, right? How do you show it by just being it, right? And 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 not saying, oh, Avery Dennison is amazing. We have all this stuff. It really, I mean, I I tend to think Avery Dennison is amazing because I've been there for ten years, the longest gig I've I've ever held. However, you know, it's amazing because of the brands and the customers we work with, the solutions, the problems that we have to solve. And, and, and kind of digging into that is, is, it tends to be a really beautiful story. I'll tell you another great story. Um, we, we were working with a designer. We have a center of excellence in, in weaving, for example, in Italy. And we were working with one designer and uh, he came and was walking the floor and shopping the floor and seeing the beautiful weaving machines going off. And he looked at um, how there's, there's kind of waste that happens when you're weaving a, a label and it kind of falls on the floor. And he was, he, he picked that up and he said, wow, this is, you know, how can we, what can we do with this waste, right? Because he was all about circularity and sustainability. And there was an individual there that his name is um, Alberto. And he, he, based on that cue from that designer, figured out a way to take that waste and make new yarn, right? And, and create a, now a beautiful sustainable label. And what, what a beautiful story that we told now, and it's actually the yarn's called Alberto yarn because it started with a real human, right? So I think it's uncovering these little moments that happen and maybe talking about them also is a great way to, to show that you are innovative, right? You're listening, you, you care about sustainability, and then you have that human element, that human touch in, in that. Yeah, absolutely. I, th- I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head there as well, because I think quite often when marketers talk about storytelling, sometimes it's seen as like a, um, it, it, it's almost seen as something you sort of slap on the brand at the end, like you would a logo or, um, you know, a, a sort of new color scheme or something. Whereas actually storytelling starts within the business quite often. From your own sort of perspective, how do you find that marketers can go about finding their company's story and trying to build that out into their communications. Yeah, I think it's really important not to be very formulaic, right? If yeah. Stories like this. I mean, you have to understand the science, right? There's a science behind a story, honestly, right? There's the arc and there. However, don't like don't put it through the sausage machine, right? I think I think people can smell a rat really fast, right? And yeah. there's you when you look at campaigns right now, it, it feels like, oh, they have this, they've covered this, it feels very formal. So how do you not do that, right? And how do you take a little risk, bring a little humanity, maybe a little humor in it? And, and, and but really starting with, all right, who are you speaking to? You know, what are you trying to say? And then just how can you be creative with how you say it, right? And 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 maybe take a risk. And and I know this idea of taking risk right now is 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 really difficult as you think about you know the 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 economic um, position where we're all facing, uh, and you know budgets are tightening. People are become actually very risk averse. But I actually argue that this is a really good time to actually in, in order to cut through the noise. You have to stand out by taking those little risks, by being a little bit creative. I know that we have we have a team mantra, right? That we we tend to go a little rogue every time. So we're not following that formula every time, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we know the science, we know when we're breaking it, but I, you know, I think it's just listening, 
being curious, um, taking a risk, and, and being a little creative. I, I was watching actually recently trying to, to, even though as a team, we're not really looking outside of like, who's doing some great campaigns because we never want to copy, right? But you can get, be inspired um, with, with, um, with, with, you know, other companies and, and how they're talking about their story. And there was this great um, workday campaign and it was uh, talking about how rock stars, right? You know how you call people rock stars in your business? You're like, oh, you're a rock star. And it had a bunch of rock stars in it. And they were saying like, really, are you a rock star? Can you do this? And it's like Jimi Hendrix, like going crazy on the guitar. Or, right? And so I, I just think it's creating that they, they were able to create kind of this humor, kind of took a risk, like what does Workday have to do with and, and they're kind of making fun of themselves in a way because Workday is all about, you know, B2B. But then they did it in this way where they're also funny, right? So. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just looking at, you know, your career history at, at Nike and, and Levi's, like you say, I mean, I'm sure you've had plenty of chances to be super, super creative. I think one, you know, and I don't want to speak for marketers because ultimately I'm not a marketer. Um, but I think one of the challenges a lot of marketers face, particularly in B2B, is that they don't feel they necessarily have the uh, the scope to take those risks. They've got a, a, a limited budget and they need to show some form of sort of return on that. So for the marketer who perhaps doesn't have masses amount of money to go out and create super great, amazing, creative looking campaigns, how do you think they can just start trying to make that sort of mind, mindset shift in their business? You know, talking to the board saying, I think we need to perhaps try something a little bit more out there. Yeah, I think that, I mean, I think that's a great question. And I think that if you think about, I mean, you are what you measure, right? So, mm. I mean, I'm not saying that you can't, you just go and take risks and not understand what, what impact it will have, right? So I think understanding what you measure is really important and, and it's really important to know your audience. So as a marketer, I talk to my team all the time about marketing, marketing internally, right? Mm. And, and, um, and, and really understanding your audience. So if you're in the boardroom, obviously you have to understand what, what would resonate within, within that space, right? However, I don't think the decisions should be made in that space. I mean, some of the best creative campaigns are not made around a bunch of suits in a boardroom, right? That's, you have to not actually do it there. So as far as, I actually love the idea of, I, I was just speaking with my team yesterday around the budget and we were hyper- prioritizing because of the the budget constraints but there is kind of magic in that too that you really i don't think you need big budgets to make huge you know creative campaigns actually sometimes you are more creative with with, with these constraints that you have how can you be creative with those constraints so because it it makes you really think about okay what's important what are we trying to achieve here like bottom line up front right what are we trying to achieve what what's what what's the most that we're gonna we can spend here and what's the best way to do it right and it's not always like a slick you know video that's created by this like very you know expensive agency so I guess also knowing your partners that they're there with you that you know we have definitely a few great partners that we work with and um, like we want to become great partners to the customers that ourselves right and so sometimes you got to be scrappy. And scrappy can create beautiful ideas, right? I, I don't know. There is a saying about innovation comes from desperation or something like that, right? So, 
Yeah, no, I, I think that's a very, very valid point. And, you know, just bringing it all the way back to storytelling, um, I know you're an advocate for six particular techniques that marketers can employ to spruce up their storytelling. So could you perhaps just, you know, talk us through those six methods and, and why they're so important? Yeah, so, you know, I'm a big fan of rolling things up and simplifying. And like I said, bottom line up front. So actually, I'm going to make those six three because I think it's it's easier, right? So the first one is really we already talked about it spotlight your customers you know by focusing on these case studies that will highlight how you're solving their problems right in in today's or saving them costs or adding value to them really important right that's that's your story here is how you're collaborating with your customer the second kind of spoke about it too is you know cut the corporate speak you know, I, I think the word authenticity is overused but just humanity right be yourself and and find out that that you know we that focus on 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 that personality and what that brand is right truly and by uncovering these stories like the well to want yarn i told you or the premier league right it's, these are all really authentic stories we told them we all in a way we have this saying in the u.s right we drink the kool-aid we actually all drink the kool-aid we believe in what we're doing and 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 we, it's easy for us to talk about it because it's just natural right we, we believe in it we don't feel like we have to make it up right so that and then i think thirdly justify why your your solution or product is essential in in the recession really show how your solution is worthwhile uh, and brings value to your customers back to that customer again, right? How does it solve their problems? How does it drive efficiency? I think if you focus on these three things, um, it's it's even easier, right? To yeah, it's really interesting, and I completely agree. Um, you know, I think marketers need to put the spotlight on their customers and not on themselves because. You know, ultimately, people want to see what your company has done for your clients. You know, they don't want to know about the company itself, but what the company can do for them, if that makes sense. So, you know, in some ways, you're not just telling the story of your company, the story of your customers as well. Is that a fair thing to say? I think it's very fair, right? I mean, and sometimes there's moments where you want to tell a story about your journey, but it, it, we have to think about the context that that's right. However, I mean, testimonial, I think about when the last time you bought anything, right? What are you looking at? You're looking at reviews, right? And, and actually thinking about digital, I was uh, at a conference recently and, and um, there was a couple of uh, pretty powerful brands there talking about how right now, a great way that they're getting feedback also from their customers is through um, channels like Discord, right? And really listening. I mean, and these tend to be more B2C, right? Because the, however, I think there's something really interesting about listening and to your audience, right? And, and hearing that feedback and sometimes that feed and being open to that feedback, right? And kind of opening yourself up to that. And that conversation or, you, you know, it's almost creates like user generated content. So this is the same thing with these case studies, right? You're really, it's kind of user generated. You're, you, you're working with the customers and clients that you work with to tell the story of how they've, you know, how they've partnered with you. And, and to me, that speaks first. That's a testimonial. That's the re re review rating, right? That you're, you're, you're looking at. That's the discord um, conversation happening. It's like, it's real. 
Yeah. And those reviews that you see online that aren't to your business, but just to the, the wider public, you know, are going to be genuine because no one has an agenda. So I think there's a lot more weight in those reviews as well, because, you know, it's not being pushed by, by a certain company. Um, so my, my absolute final question for you, um, I just want to understand, you know, we're, we're heading into, well, you know, there's some debate as to the, the economic climate and I'm certainly not qualified to to speculate on it, but there is some sort of negative feeling still. What advice do you have for marketers leading into this new financial year? And you know, where do you think the big opportunities are? Um, so I think we, we've hit on a lot of them, right? So this, I think the big opportunities is uh, getting under your customer skin, really understanding how you can support and add value. Um, the courage to ruthlessly prioritize, right? I think I can't say that enough. Um, show empathy internally and externally. I think right now it's really important. Uh, be creative with your budgets. And I think the one thing that may be quite controversial is stop thinking about B2B as an audience, right? And really, you know, have conversations, have human conversations. Right now is the time to have human. And then bring it back to you are what you measure right also remember what what are you measuring here i mean right now where you know i think it's probably important for people to really think about brand and telling your brand story um because you know they're gonna remember you right and, and maybe right now maybe there's not a lot of budgets focusing on that so maybe it's a great time to tell that brand story through the customer um case studies absolutely so very sage advice indeed. Just a quick note to our audience before we head off. Um, I just wanted to highlight that our Chicago conference, Ignite USA, is taking place on the 23rd and 24th of May. Um, and there's a link in the description where you can learn more all about that. So at Ignite USA, we're going to be exploring the new frontiers of B2B marketing through two days of talks, interactive workshops, roundtables, um, you know, giving you the opportunity to discuss your pain points and your challenges in depth with real B2B experts. So it's not just a day of sessions. There's much, much more to it. We've got some incredible speakers lined up, uh, including Andy Crestadina, who's the CMO and co-founder of Orbit Media Studio and all-round content marketing expert, as well as B2B podcaster and author Pam Didner, to name just a couple. So if you do want to learn more about Ignite USA and why it might just be the number one B2B event you need to attend this year, just follow the link in the description. But Rana, thank you very, very much for uh, joining me today. And uh, hopefully we'll see you again soon. I hope so. Thank you so much. It was lovely talking to you. Thank you. Bye-bye.